guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Rick and Danny Show. We're excited to be here. How you doing, Rick? I can't complain. How about yourself, Danny? Doing well. Doing well. I see you got some paperwork in front of you. I know there's a lot of, well, not a lot of, but I know there's big one big trial that came out recently that is all the buzz in the health community. Pretty big deal, kind of. Yep. Put into perspective, uh, long-standing practice um, for cancer screening. That's right, Rick. The article you're referring to is a article looking at colonoscopy for screening for colorectal cancer. Um, I can't say that I yet have had done a thorough, thorough overview of the article, but I have reviewed it and I have some of the updated information here that we'll talk about. Um, basically, what this trial was looking at was um, looking to see if there's a mortality benefit in screening patients um, in, actually this was done in Europe, uh, screening patients for colorectal cancer via colonoscopy. Um, now the inclusion, exclusion, and how they kind of formulated the study, I, I don't have all the, the details of the methodology of the trial, but what I gathered from them was they kind of separated patients into two main groups. So they uh, called the two main groups, the invited group. Uh, and then uh, the other group was uh, a group that kind of underwent normal, um, normal care without a colonoscopy. Um, and I think this was over what, six or seven countries in Europe? Is that right? Yeah. So it was done in, um, I think Sweden, Norway, and Poland were the main Those countries. Three. Okay. There yeah, might have been a four. I know it was multiple, multiple but it, Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, yeah, so the interesting thing about, I found about the method, mm -hmm. the, the way it was set up was it wasn't a mandated colonoscopy. It was mm -hmm. more you were invited to be screened. Invited to, yeah. Um, so sort of a, you know, it's our suggestion if you're in the interventional arm that you get a colonoscopy, but it didn't mandate mm -hmm. that you had to do it. Yeah, and, Norway, Poland, uh, Sweden, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they tried to, yeah. you know, find out in the the invited group compared to the sort of control standard right. of care arm, would there be any difference in survival? Would there be any difference in colon cancer mm -hmm. mortality? Would there be any difference in, you know, outcomes that people would care about? So right. I think that's kind of the, the setup. So a little interesting, um, you know, yep. for those who don't know here in the United States, you know, obviously it's guidelines for, uh, we've covered on previous episodes, you know, when to get screened for colon cancer um, and colonoscopy is one of the rare cancer screenings that allows for screening and treatment at the same time potentially in terms of you know you can remove a polyp at the time so it's sort of a right. screen and a prevention intervention which there's you know not a ton a ton of so right um, but yeah this trial this trial tries to is trying to quantify it in a randomized fashion yeah so i think the the positives of the trial are that it, it was a large trial they had 85,000 patients um, who were previously unscreened uh, for colorectal cancer. So the invited group um, was, this was in a one to two ratio. So actually there were more people not invited than invited. So twice as many not invited. But out of the invited individuals, you know, the invited individuals had the option to undergo a screening colonoscopy um, and then they followed them, uh, for 10 year outcomes. So they had multiple, uh, outcome variables that they were looking at, uh, one and the major one being mortality, you know, over 10 years. So 
um, out of the invited group. Now, this is, as Rick said, you're invited for a colonoscopy, but you don't have to have a colonoscopy. So you couldn't, couldn't force that group to undergo a colonoscopy. So only 42% of the people in the invited group accepted their invitation and underwent colonoscopy. So that's one of the, um, I guess, argued points in the study is that, you know, we'll go over the outcomes of it, but, you know, you'll have less than half of people in the, uh, not treatment, but the yeah, it's randomized a, arm. Uh, you know, it's, <clears throat> I look at it two ways, undergoing right? Undergoing intervention, yeah. Mm-hmm. In one way, you're right. The downside is only 40% right. did the colonoscopy. The counter is, it, this is trying to be reflective of real world, right? It is. So right yeah. now, we don't have 100% uptake in people who should be screened getting colonoscopy. I think I read estimates right. in the United States. It's somewhere around 60% mm-hmm. of patients. So obviously there's a difference between 40 and 60%, but it's reflective of, of kind of real life in that just because a patient should get screened or is recommended to get screened for colonoscopy, obviously 100% of people are not going right. to take those recommendations. So, you know, depending on how you look at it, you can kind of argue it both ways, you know, but I do, the one thing I liked about kind of the, even though it sounds a little weird, invited mm-hmm. style is it trying to mimic, okay, well, if we invite people, what are the actual number of people that are going right. to do it? And then can that be applied, you know, is that applicable to the real world? Right. Outside of a trial. Um, so their primary intent to screen analysis, uh, and it revealed the the following outcome. So we'll go over kind of what they found. The incidence of colorectal cancer was lower in the invited group uh, and likely due to removal of precancerous polyps. So that makes sense. You have patients who underwent colonoscopy compared to people who didn't. And one of the main reasons to undergo colonoscopy is to find polyps, which are precancerous, and remove them. So not a surprising outcome there. Yeah. And I think, do you have the absolute numbers there? Yeah. So, yeah. Right. So, Cumulative incidence of colorectal cancer was 0.98% versus 1.2%. Right. So overall, low. Right. So for the audience, you know, you, you, when you look at this and you say, and you read articles like mm-hmm. this, the hard part is depending on which side the person who's writing the article is on, you mm-hmm. can kind of frame this one of two ways. Right. You could say that's a pretty – if you, what you could say is in absolute numbers. So mm-hmm. if you said in percentages, it's not a big difference, right? What did you say, 1.2 versus point nine eight, right? So, so – And I'm going to bring up absolute numbers here yeah. just so we have them in front of us. Yeah, too, so, so if, you, if, you're, if you're someone who is trying to say colonoscopies aren't important, you would highlight the low incidence of colorectal cancer in the two arms. If you're someone who is advocating for colonoscopies, you would say – you don't mention the low numbers, you say, but the relative risk reduction mm-hmm. is significant. So what you're saying right. is that it's a ratio of the two numbers versus actually stating the two numbers. Right. So this is why I, I can't, I don't know who the quote is attributable to, but right. there's lies, damn lies and statistics. Right. You know, you can kind of get statistics to say, you can phrase them in ways that can kind of make your point on one side or the other. Yeah. Um, so you know, what you, what you as the patient are asking yourself is what is it, is having a colonoscopy worth a half a percentage point improvement in colon cancer, you know, free survival, which I'll be honest with you, for me, the answer is probably yes. Um, but for someone else, it may not be. And so that's how I would frame a discussion with a patient is, right. 
this does improve your chance of not having colon cancer. Mm -hmm. But that difference is a tiny difference in on the big scale in terms of right. numbers. But it does improve your benefit. So I just I always find these kind of things very, you know, it, it's funny to hear the GI doctors talk about relative risk reduction, mm -hmm. whereas the more medical conservative people are going to talk about, well, look how small the numbers are. Is it worth putting people through these right. procedures? So you can kind of argue it both ways. I don't very, know if you, I don't know if you agree, agree with that or not, but that, that's kind of how I, I always laugh when I... I do. I, I, I mean, I think the, the absolute risk reductions generally in our trials and oncology trials are, are much smaller than when we talk about relative risk reductions. I mean, and, and it sounds, I mean, even when you write a news article and you say this cancer drug led to a 45% lower chance of death or, right. you know, recurrence of disease, you're like, wow, 45% reduced risk of death or recurrence. But if that risk of recurrence is 5%, right. You're talking right. small beans. Right. And, when, and, you, and you say, yeah. you know, the GI doctor is going to tell the patient, if you get a colonoscopy, it cuts your risk of colon cancer death by one-third, 33%. Right. I was like, holy smokes, that's a lot. I well, definitely need my, colonoscopy. What's my risk well, to begin with? Well, it goes from 1% or 1.2% to 0.9%. Right. So you could, you could frame it, you know, depending on of course. what you want. But so I think to, to me, you know, what, what you have to do is tell patients – to me, you say it both ways, and, and right. then you let them kind of decide what, what's important to them. Yeah, so risk ratio, 0.82 for this. So you're talking 18% reduction, right? right? So that's a way of saying it. So, um, Sorry, I didn't mean to no, no, no. go on that tangent. No, it's good. Um, all right. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, another, and I don't think it's written here. Let me just make sure. So another good thing to note is the number of patients needed to invite to undergo screening to prevent one case of colorectal cancer within 10 years. So you need to invite 455 individuals to prevent one rectal or colorectal yep. cancer. Okay. So that's an, another thing that is brought up. We call it like you got a number needed to treat or, um, you know, you, you talk about even even in terms of harm too, you know, um, you can bring up, depending on how you look at the study, if you're looking at a benefit, well, how many patients do we need to treat or screen or, you know, to have a benefit of doing it? So 455 was the number in this study. Um, okay, so colorectal cancer related mortality at 10 years was not significantly different between the two groups. Um, which to be honest with you, if you look at an 18% improval, uh, or difference in the incidence of colorectal cancer, which isn't huge, um, relative, you know, difference that, um, the CRC or colorectal cancer related mortality was not significantly different. That's not too surprising. The mortality was 0.28 versus 0.31%. So pretty low percentages overall. And then all-cause mortality at 10 years was identical in the two groups, and it was roughly 11% for each, each group. Um, and I did print out, actually, because I was interested in just knowing, one, I don't know what the incidence or risk of death of colorectal cancer in Sweden and Norway and Poland was. So I just printed out some, some data for us to go over here. Sweden, the incidence of colorectal cancer is 10.8%. And that actually is, 
I was I found it actually surprising. It was higher than U.S. Hmm. It's at about eight percent in the U.S. That's interesting. Um, and then in I think Poland was the other one I printed off, which was a one of the groups that led to majority of patients, and theirs was twelve point five percent. So both were higher incidences in the than the U.S. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it, the other thing so. I think that comes up with this argument is you know there's some data. I think you would argue older trials, but better data that Flexig actually, mm -hmm. you know, there's been studies showing it. Um, that's a flexible sigmoidoscopy where it's kind of like a colonoscopy, but they don't go all the way through the colon. They stop at kind of the rectum and the and the sigmoid colon, which is the two areas you're most likely to have, you know, um, issues with. So there are d data looking at that showing a survival benefit to Flexig, a, a cancer-specific mm -hmm. survival benefit. Nothing compared to, you know, not colonoscopy, but compared to other ways or no screening. So there's some people out there now kind of saying, well, should we be moving away from colonoscopy and maybe towards Flexig because the prep is less, mm -hmm. there's slightly less risk of perforations. You know, the procedure itself is not quite as invasive. I don't think they necessarily require general anesthesia like a colonoscopy. Right. Um, you know, and I think it was um, a point I heard that was very I thought interesting is that, you know, when we do mammogram, you know, someone said, well, if it's a flex sig, is it like doing a mammogram on one side, you mm -hmm. know, because you're not checking the other side? Well, I think the counter to that is we would think both breast tissues are the same. It's not like one breast is different than the other. But we have a lot of data, and you can speak to this data better than I can because it involves your specialty more. Right-sided colon cancers are very different than left-sided colon right. cancers in terms of genetics, in terms of what they respond to, in terms of prognosis. So, you know, right. we may not need to be screening that right side. Maybe mm -hmm. those are just going to behave differently than kind of the, the other ones. So yeah. just very interesting points that, you know, I, you know, I don't claim to be an expert in, but definitely were yeah. things I'd heard kind of as fallout from this article. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, I think all of those are good points. I think that, um, you know, another thing that they mentioned here was just looking at because of the invited group only having 42% who ultimately underwent colonoscopy, they did a secondary um, adjusted per protocol analysis, which actually found some significance in terms of intention to treat, if you will, not, not, not intention. Yeah, to treat. So this was, yeah, uh, kind of looking at a sub subset of just the patients who actually underwent colonoscopy versus the control group. And they found a a more or actually a statistically significant difference in in mortality um but even then those numbers were super low right they well low generally yeah i mean the mortality just to review was 0.28 versus 0.31 percent over 10 years and it was 0.15 versus 0.3 so that that 0.3 kind of remained stable in both analyses for the group who didn't undergo colonoscopy right it was lowered in the patients who did to 0.15 from from 0.28 but you know i think we're talking about much smaller numbers and again they're they're the way they f formulated the study initially was not to look i don't think they i don't know if this was a pre-planned or not definitely not analysis yeah, yeah. well and you don't have the power calcs to so right, right. but i think even then when you look at it it's statistically significant but again it's the same thing as before where if you talk about relative well you say oh look it cuts your risk of death in half in half right but then someone says, well, what are the actual risks of death? And you tell them the numbers, yeah. they're going to go. So I think, you know, 
because I mean, a colonoscopy, you know, I've had one, it's not without, you have to do prep, Mm -hmm. you know, you're basically out for that day. So there's some economic production loss. You can't work, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a very tough procedure to have, but it's not a, you know, yeah. in and out within the, you know, the same day, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So, you know, I just, I guess everyone's going to be different in what they value in terms of, um, mm-hmm. is it worth doing all that to have a colonoscopy to prevent 0.15 risk of death? You know, I, right. to me, if it was me personally, yes, but someone else might not feel that way. Right. So it's just, it's just very, it'll be interesting to see how this gets incorporated, if at all, into, you know, national guidelines. Because we just lowered the age of colonoscopy <laughs> screening here in the U.S., which obviously may this trial may argue against that. But I do right. think there's a clearly an incidence of especially rectal cancer that's rising in young people here in the U.S. So how do you balance all that with mm-hmm. with this? And I think there's other trials that are still you know undergoing um, follow up right now that are looking at similar questions of colonoscopy versus um, FOBT, colonoscopy versus um, the uh, FIT, colonoscopy mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, other ways to screen for colon cancer. Yeah. Um, complications from colonoscopy, which you kind of alluded to, um, happen. They're uncommon, but they happen. And major bleeding being one of them, if you, for example, remove a polyp and have major bleeding after a polyp removal. Um, they saw 15 cases of major bleeding in 20,000 screening colonoscopies. So um, low low incidence of major complications, but they're real. I mean, I've, I've seen complications after colonoscopy. Um, so I think patients obviously need to be consulted on that before they undergo screening colonoscopy. Um, I think the last thing I'll say is um, that, you know, the follow-up of 10 years is is that also the appropriate you know duration of follow-up for something like this you know i think think things may change over time for studies like this because you have patients who had screening colonoscopies had polyps detected and need surveillance following that and so their risk of colorectal cancer possibly could be higher than individuals who don't have any polyps and so um, over time we'll see if that changes i don't i don't think they're going to see much of a difference in mortality yeah i feel, I feel um, like with the, as low the numbers as they are yeah it's going to be hard yeah i would be surprised as you said if right. there's going to something's so, going to get teased out with more time and um you know is mortality the right thing to look at you know and that and that's a big question too even for like psa testing right you know mortality is that the right outcome because certainly um you know undergoing cancer treatment has its big negatives in terms of morbidity well and and and, and, i mean to me quality of life to me the barrier of a screening test should actually be more than even a a cancer treatment and Mm -hmm. the way i look at it is you're taking presumably healthy people Mm -hmm. and screening them right so you have to be pretty darn confident in whatever you do that i'm taking this healthy person in front of me and i'm going to make things better for them Mm-hmm. versus someone with cancer that you could you at least say yes obviously you look at the same things that you wouldn't give someone a treatment if it wasn't going to help them but they have a problem that in most in some cancers no but in a lot of most cancers need to be addressed because the cancer 
is a competing risk factor for their life expectancy mm-hmm. versus in this situation with the screening, it, these are healthy people. And if right. you find things and you and they enter the medical, you know, get on the assembly line of procedures and tests mm-hmm. and things, you have to be pretty confident that what you're doing to screen them is going to help them in the long right. run. And right. so I think to me, it's tough because I, to me personally, how I feel is the barrier to entry is actually greater because you're putting, mm-hmm. you're taking otherwise, you know, presumably healthy people. Right. Who don't have any medical issues. So would you have mortality as the end point here? I think, I think ultimately, I think ultimately what people care about is mortality, right? In the long term, like if you could tell me a screening test makes me live longer, that's a pretty good screening test, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be the, the biggest thing. Now, if you said this screening test makes me live, prevents me from getting a cancer and helps me live longer from this cancer, to me, I'm for me personally, I would be on board to do it. Mm-hmm. If you tell me this test may or may, you know, you know, doesn't, then yeah, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I I do think though the news and especially from the medical community should be that this is the data in terms of prevention of or you know what the difference is in in incidence of colorectal cancer in the two groups independent of mortality and then look at the mortality and and people can make up their own minds the the, significance of that exactly right and that's why i said to me when you talk with it if it was me in a primary care office talking to a patient about whether they should get a colonoscopy or not for someone who's of course if you're high risk and all that yes you should get one i think that data is pretty clear but in a otherwise no risk factor patient to me you say your risk of dying from colon cancer is really really small either way Mm -hmm. but there may be a benefit in colon cancer specific mortality if you take a colonoscopy yeah i would take that test i already have i've had a colonoscopy but some people may say the prep i don't want to deal with that Mm -hmm. like you know everyone's just going to be right different about it you know so yeah and with more non-invasive tests coming out, I mean, we'll we'll see how things go. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting to see if that, you know, because obviously the then the argument of the risk to the procedure goes way down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see if those tests can achieve similar outcomes to, to yeah. colonoscopy. Yeah. That was All a right. good discussion. Good discussion. Product, productive. I like it. It's really good. Brenna, right. any, any questions on any of that? No. So you can get your colonoscopy. <laughs> Only twenty six. Yeah, to, to be determined. You got you got many many decades. By that you. time, they'll prick your finger and they'll tell you oh, yeah. you need one or you don't. <laughs> yeah, by the time you're exactly right. Just take or a just pill. scan you. Just, yeah, it'll just just take a pill. It'll fix everything. <laughs> well, thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the Rick and Danny Show. We appreciate your uh, attention and and for putting up with us for another. 20, 30 minutes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You didn't do a dad joke. Oh. That's fine. I'm all dad joked out. That's a good episode.